0: Today's scripture reading is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. Listen for the word of God. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common, the Lord is the maker of them all. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Do not rob the poor because they are poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord pleads their cause, and despoils of life those who despoils them. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks Thanks be be to God.
1: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. So if you've been hanging around or tuning in for the past few weeks, you'll notice that the past few weeks have been heavy with King Solomon. Solomon, one of the most renowned kings in the Bible, the son of Israel's greatest king, King David. And Solomon, of course, is known primarily for his wisdom. Wisdom being the knowledge of the true and the good and the ability to do it. While Solomon's personal record, when it comes to knowing the good and doing the good, is pretty spotty, he's still known by tradition as the author of several books in the Bible called Wisdom Literature. Last week, we took a look at one of the books, The Song of Solomon, and the song being an ancient romantic love poem, and this week, we're looking at the book of Proverbs, in the words of Monty Python, now for something completely different. Proverbs is different from all the other books in the Bible in that it's basically a long collection of different sayings, different proverbs. Think of the phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword, or the grass is always, isn't always greener on the other side. These proverbs are, short, proverbs are short, memorable sayings that convey some kind of well-known truth. And whereas other books of the Bible contain proverbs here and there, The book of Proverbs kind of rolls out these sayings one after another, sometimes randomly with the purpose of instructing students in proper behavior, proper behavior that leads to success in life, to virtue rather than behavior that leads to failure, hardship, and vice. The purpose of the collection is to pass on wisdom to the young as to what a good life looks like. That's what Proverbs are all about. And today in the lectionary, the three-year cycle of readings, we've come up on uh, on selections from chapter 22. And generally the sayings in Proverbs don't follow much of a pattern, but today's reading kind of collects and loosely knits together sayings when it comes to money or wealth, the relationship between the rich and poor. And we're going to focus just on the first saying in it today. Today's reading begins with the saying, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. So the idea here, more or less, is that a good name, meaning a good reputation, is worth more than any precious metal of any kind. To be well known, to be well thought of, beats wealth any day. That's what the proverb means. On one level, this is a call to personal integrity, to not be driven exclusively by accruing wealth and power and privilege. And Proverbs sort of assumes that wealth is a good thing to go after, and usually a sign of personal righteousness. But wealth can be ruined by arrogance, selfishness, and excessive greed. And no doubt most of us, if not all of us, have some sense that our own society would do well to pay attention to this one. And the truth be told, that everyone who's ever read Proverbs feels this about their society. Maybe more so now. On the other hand, this proverb is good practical advice, considering that the original audience for this book Uh, for the book of Proverbs, were the members of the royal court, people being raised to be the political elite in the country. This makes a lot of sense. A beloved figure wins the favor of the right people. Money can buy you a lot, but influence buys you a lot more. One wrong, greedy step, and your political name is toxic. You are canceled on Twitter. Whereas a good name is excellent collateral, when one plays the game of politics. It's good practical advice and maybe even really good common sense. It's at this point, though, that we run into some trouble with Proverbs. We run into some trouble. Because sayings like this make good advice, they provide some counsel for shrewd living, but it's not exactly divine revelation why record it in a holy book or read it aloud and punctuate it with something like hear what the spirit is saying to the church if you could just as easily go on youtube and find a top influencer who says the same thing or grab a book off the self-help shelf at chapters and read it and get the gist of the same argument well again same as last week when we looked at the song of Solomon with its love poetry, we're to read this proverb with the whole Bible in mind and especially read it through our Jesus glasses. Maybe that's the phrase that we'll use right now. You put on your Jesus glasses as you read all the parts of Scripture. Because we believe that Jesus is about as close to God as we're gonna get, and in him we discover the mystery and meaning at the heart of all things at the heart of the universe. We believe that Jesus shows us who God is, and the Bible is the great signpost in this disclosure. Now a good text as any to read this proverb through is to be found in chapter two of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Chapter two, Philippians chapter two. There's a section that's often called the Christ hymn, and it's one of the earliest recorded songs we have about Jesus. And it begins like this. Though he was in the form of God. Though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name, the name that is above every name. The name that is above every name. Now, think back to our proverb. A good name, it says, is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. Well, according to the hymn, this guy, Jesus, must have chosen wisely because there ain't no better name than the name of Jesus, whose name is above every name. A good name is to be chosen above silver or gold. And Jesus chose wisely. But how did he get this good name? Was he wealthy? No. He was born in a stable to a four family. Was he famous? No. He was a nobody from nowhere who told his closest followers to keep his identity a secret until after his resurrection. Did he rub shoulders with the elite or curry-favor with the powerful. No, he fed the hungry, reached out hands of healing to the sick, was the friend of prostitutes and sinners of all kind. Was he showered with awards and accolades? The answer is sorry? No. He was tortured. He was spat on and shamed. A criminal's death was his reward, hung on a tree between two condemned men. Jesus has the biggest, bestest name around, but he got it in the way that we would least expect. Rather than a good name, one on the world's terms of wealth, status, and privilege, Jesus' good name came through downward mobility. He entered into our suffering, our darkness, and our pain for no other purpose than to raise us from the dead with him. Meaning, that true value in life isn't to be found in the heights of worldly success, but it's to be found in the depth of the world's suffering and pain. A good name is to be found in the dirt, the name of Jesus. Now, a while back, People magazine published a little blurb about a new memoir titled, Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend. Some of you may have read it, and some of you may already know the story I'm about to tell. But follow along as if you haven't. The memoir tells the story of Sanford Sandy Greenberg, a well-known American lawyer, philanthropist, and inventor. Greenberg, he obtained degrees from... Columbia Business School, Harvard Law School, and a PhD at Oxford. He became a pioneer in speech recognition technology and in electronic data processing and became quite wealthy in the process. He was a trusted advisor to American governments, and the governments used his technology in the onboard computer of the Apollo 11 lunar lander that went to the moon. He is one notable dude. So notable that the foreword to his book was written by Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the afterwards was written by Margaret Atwood, so. And the truly notable part of this story, though, the truly notable part of his story is that Greenberg accomplished all of this after being rendered completely blind at the age of 19, thanks to a misdiagnosed glaucoma. So everything, that I just mentioned, all of his accomplishments, happened after he lost his sight completely. Now, in spite of all his success in overcoming, though, Greenberg sees none of it as the defining moment in his life. You may have noticed the title of his memoir, Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend. And if you're a fan of, you know, 60s folk rock like I am, you'll know that this is a reference to the great duo Simon and Garfunkel's hit from 1968, The Sound of Silence. And the memoir is titled Hello Darkness, My Old Friend because Greenberg attributes his success more or less to Art Garfunkel, the Garfunkel in Simon and Garfunkel, of course. This is the most times I've ever said Garfunkel at one point in my life. Now, the two of them were roommates in college, even before Greenberg went blind, and when Greenberg was recovering from some unsuccessful surgery meant to fix his sight, he lay about in his parents' home in pitch black, despairing. He believed that he would never make anything of himself, let alone finish college. And Garfunkel, though, visited his friend and promised to help him through. When Greenberg made it back to campus, Garfunkel rearranged his entire life around him. While most of his other friends drifted away, seeing him as not worth the hassle and effort, Garfunkel made sure that everything in their dorm room was put in exactly the same place so Greenberg could memorize it and not bump into anything. He read all of his friends' coursework to him, read all of his textbooks aloud. He walked with him to and from class. He fixed his tape recorder and even bandaged him up when he banged into things that he couldn't see. And Garfunkel would even refer to himself as darkness. This is a name that he took on for his friend as a way to enter into his friend's sightless world. Hence, hello darkness, my old friend. Paul Simon picked that up from the story that Garfunkel had told him. And here's what Greenberg says. He divorced himself, Garfunkel divorced himself from the life he'd been living. He divorced himself from the life he'd been living, altering his own ways to conform better to mine. Not only did this help him finish college and save his career, Greenberg said, but Garfunkel's single-minded devotion to his friend saved his spirit. It rescued his soul from despair. It lifted me up out of the grave, said Greenberg. It lifted me up out of the grave. Art Garfunkel, again with the Garfunkel, (laughs) made it to the absolute heights of celebrity. Huge crowds, fans, international notoriety, fame, money, fame, and fortune, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with a permanent entry in the Encyclopedia of Pop Music, but none of these achievements mean anything in the kingdom of God. None of these achievements mean anything compared to the time where he dropped everything and completely realigned his life to be the eyes of Sandy Greenberg his slow, patient, self-giving love for his friend in his time of need. I mean, I absolutely love their music. It stirs the depth of my soul. I would never discount that, but at least according to this proverb, the good name that he took, darkness, is worth more than all the silver and gold and notoriety to the name of Art Garfunkel. In entering into the shame, suffering, and despair of his friend, God used Art Garfunkel to raise Sandy from the dead. Jesus' good name is all over this thing. Because here, Garfunkel was an icon of Christ, a physical representation of the living God in a way that none of his other accomplishments or achievements ever could be. Because the greatest selling platinum record in the world is nothing compared to a single moment of grace. Grace is worth more than silver and gold. Now, what does this all mean for you and I? Well, the bad news is that it means that most of the things we spent our time striving for wealth status notoriety greatness the things our culture values the things we place the most importance on in life are absolutely secondary at best secondary at best they will never provide the lasting joy and meaning they promise it'll all blow away with the sands of time The good news is, though, the good news is that it means that the true joy we want, the fullness of life we desire, is right at our fingertips and accessible to all in the good name of Jesus Christ. Our good name is to be found in his. In the same way he laid down his life for our sake, we're given the grace to lay down our own in Garfunkelian fashion for the sake of a world that simply cannot see the truth. In forsaking silver and gold here on earth, we are storing up treasures in heaven that will last forever. So, friends, if you want a good name, If you want a good life worth more than all the Bitcoin in creation, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus whose name is above every other name. Look to him and live. Amen.